Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. So, Mark, Hello, Alan. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's been a good day. Well, yeah, I can imagine why. I mean, this morning, uh, the nominations for a bunch of the Project Voice Awards came out, and I saw your name on it. Uh, yeah, and you let me know that my name was I. I had no idea. No, um, so it's it was really awesome. You've been nominated uh, in the category of the Voice Gaming Award for uh, Gaming Voice or AI Developer of the Year. And I got to admit, it's really, really impressive. Looking on this list, we've got some some huge names on this list, like Bandai Namco and Zynga <laughs> and, yep. you know, and Matchbox.io. In fact, you're the only individual developer on this list. Yeah, <laughs> I, it kind of floored me. Um, yeah, it's just so so uh, humble to be included in a group of very good gaming companies and uh, voice specifically voice gaming companies. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what to what to say. I'm I'm happy to be there. I, yeah, I'm I'm sure I have no chance at all of competing. <laughs> against them but I, I just really love being on that list that's really nice well i mean you've done a bunch of games you know you you released uh snatch words most recently but i know you've done some more before then what are why don't you kind of tell people what the games were and a little bit about them and okay. then let's let's talk about some of the design and development more importantly to to us the development that went into it you know the the tools that you use your development process that, that sort of stuff Okay, so like one of the first games and and I guess longest lasting games that I have is called Picture Guesser, and I created that for um, oh golly where was I don't remember exactly which hackathon I you know I only did a few hackathons at the very beginning and uh, uh, but this was one of them and it's a um, it uses the uh, multimodal so it's for, was for created for the very first Echo Show. Uh, so it's using their display templates. I was going to say, uh, so this is using the cards and such. It's not even using APL. Oh, yeah. No, APL did not exist at the time. <laughs> um, and it's interesting because it's a tile game. So you have a, a picture covered with tiles. You can use your voice to remove the tiles. And at some point, you guess what the picture is. And if you guess correctly, then, um, then you get points based on how many tiles were left. And then, uh, so you get started off with a, a pack of uh, puzzle pictures that are free. And then there's a couple of packs that you can buy um, after that. So um, I had to do some interesting things to, to get that one to work uh, with tiles and dynamic server-side generation of an image based on SVG. Um, I was gonna ask how you, what, what, <laughs> so I guess we could start there. What are the tools that you use? So, the card that's sent back sends back an image, and that's a yeah. a, a JPEG image. Um, yeah, JPEG or ping, you know. Okay. Just, yeah, yeah, an image, <clears throat> just a stat static image, um, and that's really what was all that was available. And display templates was the ability to show images. Mm -hmm. So, what tools and, did you use to to create the graphic to cover it up? <laughs> so there is um, I'm trying to think of exactly how I did that. There there is an API. Um, from another developer actually who's been so gracious all these years uh, to keep this API up and going but basically it allows you to uh, pass some information and and 
get back a back an image. And so um, I think it's uh, I think all I have to do is like pass an SVG and then it'll pass back an image. But um, I could probably redo that. But if I'm going to redo it, I'll probably do it in Web API for games, so I could also do interactive canvas. But you know, back in the time, I, what I have to do is just go through code. I get an, an SVG image, and I have to go through and figure out. Okay, you've set this tile to remove, so now I need to hide that in the SVG, um, uh, and then you know, regenerate the static image based on that SVG, and do that all in seven seconds or less. Uh, so that's. That's uh, and so there is no screen interactivity. You can't, you know, touch because what you'd, you'd be touching just the whole image. It's like old, like you would do web technology, uh, you know, back before any of the other stuff. You know, it happened, but it's actually kind of funny. And and this is off topic, I realize. But last week, I had somebody include me in a thread about games that they wish were still around on the internet from from the the early internet days and they included adventure on that list which was my my word game yeah. from decades ago and i just started pouring out all sorts of technical details about it at the time and they were just floored like wait you could do that you needed to do that i'm like we didn't have javascript we had nothing <laughs> we barely had forms on the web you know? yeah that's true yeah, so just the, the 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 hoops we had to jump through to to get things done with the technology that we had. So, yeah, so I, I actually, if nothing else, go check out Picture Guesser and see what uh, you could do with display templates by really, you know, uh, using technology, you know, squeezing out every ounce of uh, functionality you could for those basic JSON templates that you got. Um, so that's that's Picture Guesser, and it's still, you know, it's done. I guess well enough. It gets regular um, traffic to it on a on a weekly basis. Uh, back when they did, I guess we, uh, reward points from Amazon. Uh, I, I think there were some months where I maybe earned a hundred dollars on it. You know, uh, but that's something better than, than than nothing. So it's it's been kind of fun, and I get a little trickle of you know, dozen dollar here or there of uh, of. Um, I guess in game purchasing because it was one of the first games uh, or one of the first, maybe even the very first one that I did that had in skill purchasing. Um, so that's uh, it's 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 in need of a of a redo, but it's still around. It's it's still hanging in there. So that was uh, that's one of my games. Uh, but recently, you know, so I, I guess since go ahead. One one final question on that one first. Um, were you using Jovo then? No, actually, I think it's ah. Ask SDK, maybe even version one. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's that old. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm amazed it's still chugging along with zero um, modifications <laughs> since uh, since probably maybe 2019 was the last time I updated it. Uh, so so that's that that's that game. But during the pandemic, uh, so I, I worked on two different games, Number Spies and Snatchword. And both of those are built with Jovo uh, as the underlying technology. Um, Number Spies um, has a related flash briefing and is voice only. There, is, there are no screens to, uh, to Number Spies, but there is a companion website that you get to do things like enter in um, code and and having things decode based on the uh, one-time pad 
so there's a there's a you know I guess a companion website, uh, Facebook page, Twitter uh, page for for though for that one. Um, now we've talked a little bit about numbers by yeah. the past. What I, I think one of the things that um, again, kind of looking at the what are the technologies that we're using to to implement this. What was the thing that you used to send it out to the various to to populate the various you know uh, Facebook and Twitter and you know the various components? Yeah, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I think on that case, I actually am using Zapier. Um, Zapier allows to have a trigger based on a webhook, so I could just inside of my code post something to a webhook, and that would then trigger the the Zapier that would then um, Post in this case, it's the uh, the encoded message stream gets posted to Facebook, and then uh, I think I have another Zapier that then takes when something gets posted to Facebook and posts the link to that on Twitter because the the length is is greater than one tweet, um, and so I uh, I decided to go ahead and do that in, in a Facebook post and then on Twitter point the Facebook post to to the the tweet to the Facebook post, but. So that's, okay. that's that. And that was like one of the first times. Um, so I didn't do anything with, uh, there's nothing like with a leaderboard or specifically with a player, but that was the first time I added in um, a counter that I call the streak counter. No, actually the streak counter I added later. So this one is the uh, recharge counter. So the recharge counter um, just counts how many times you, uh, you do something in a certain period of time and then you have to wait for that time to, to come back up again. So like if you put it as a 24 hour timer and you get five of these things, then you can do uh, do a, a, mm -hmm. a recharge, um, you know, five, the first one will come back 24 hours from the, from the time that it was used. And then 10 minutes later, you do a second one. So 10 minutes later, that will be recharged. And um, now this is also a concept that you have in Snatchword. So, is this yes. uh, is this a library that you use? You know, how how do you how do you do without revealing all your secrets? <laughs> how do you do this? I mean, did you code it all yourself, or was there? Yeah, a, yeah. So some of these okay. some of some of these components I did myself. So I've got um, as part of Snatchword. Like I said, there's a there's a recharge counter. There's a streak counter where you can just every day. Um, uh, do a, a count and it will tell you how, what your count is for your streak and behind the scenes it keeps track of you know what the current date is compared that to a previous date that it saves in your user session and then if that's you know a different day um, you know I guess one day in the past then it increments it and so then you just you can just kind of uh, uh, it makes it nice to package that up into into just some some code to do that um, so those are two of the, the ones I, I, the, I, I've had it in the back of my mind to go ahead and package those up as, a, as an open source, like a game developer pack at some point. And, and, and was thinking originally of, and well, the way that I have it implemented in my code is actually as uh, internal uh, Jovo plugins. So I've, got, I've created some Jovo plugins that are just included inside my project that does that stuff. That makes sense. Um, and so the idea was would be to take those and convert them, or I guess publicize them and clean them up. Um, I, I developed mostly in JavaScript, but starting to work a little bit in TypeScript. And I know that that's something that uh, that Jovo does quite a bit. And so some of the plugins that I that I have released for Jovo 
I've gone through and redone them as TypeScript and kind of made them a little bit more, um, I guess, ready for open source consumption. Um, so it's been in the back of my mind to do that with this, some of these same ones as well. Um, then like Jovo 4 is coming out and there are some changes to the plugin. So I'm, th I'm kind of thinking I'll probably wait around for Jovo 4 to come out before I look at uh, how that um, is going yeah, there's, to work. There's there. some interesting stuff coming with Jovo 4. I think yeah. we'll, we're going to need to talk about this in the future though, I think. <laughs> yeah, so so um, besides those two classes that I've created myself, I've created a, a badge system. Um, so it's, it's kind of nice where you can have a separate JSON rules file that says this badge, you know, this is the badge and this is how many points you'll get if you earn the badge. Um, if you can, you know, earn it multiple times or only once. And then um, just kind of a structure in there where you can use these strings for like is equal to or it's greater than or equal to uh, so that you have some control in this rules file as far as uh, what rules. And so the idea is, is that you have a list of properties that you that you add to the, well, that you expose in this rules file, like this property, when this property has this value and this property has this value, then the rule, then, then you've earned the badge. Um, and so part of this class is that rules engine plus the thing that goes through and processes it. So what it, when anytime that you're want to do something that could potentially earn a badge, you actually update you either increment or set a value on a badge passing in that property as a string and so then it keeps track of like, oh, when I do that, then I'm gonna go through my rules and find if any rules have that property and, and see if I'm going to earn that, that badge. And so um, one of the things I like about this is that you can, um, I actually keep track of the last time you've earned the badge. So you can do what I, I call setting a bookmark. So at some point in time, you can like start the game and say, I'm gonna set a bookmark. And then I can earn badges. And at some point in time, I say, give me all the badges I've earned since that bookmark. So that you could be doing things in the game, but then when you ask for what your badges are, or if there's a certain point in your game where you want to talk about what badges you've earned, then you can just easily say, just give me everything that I've earned, you know, since that, that part. I was gonna say that that's interesting because when we think about commenting on badges in a visual system, we always just want to show all the badges. Yeah. But if we're audibly sending them, we don't necessarily want to list all the badges. We just want to say, you know, in the past week, here's what you've earned. Or since yeah. the last time you earned the gold star badge, here are the other badges that you've earned, you know. So we want to be able to do those kinds of things because we're dealing with a different interface. That's a really good point. Yeah. So, so you know, once again, I think that th those those you know counters and this badges thing would be all things that I would think about having as part of a mm -hmm. an open source uh, library. Um, and it, and it's interesting because I, I know that I know that you use uh, um, what it was Microsoft's library game library. I can't. Remember oh, PlayFab. PlayFab. Yeah, and we use, can talk about that. Yeah. Right. I know you use PlayFab. Um, and I was a little surprised that you didn't say if PlayFab had a badge system or not. And yeah, um, and and part of the reason why I was surprised is because I know that the rough equivalent on Google's Google Play Games does have a badge system. Hmm. Um, I don't know how good it is. I don't know how it compares to yours. I you know I've I've never used it, but I know that it's there. 
and I'm, you know, it's one of those things that you can sort of see that a lot of games use or want to make available. So it seems right. like the sort of thing that would, that being in a common library would make sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And so any of these codes that I've got right now are, you know, code that would just run locally as part of your code. There's no, it's not you know, exposed via an API. Part of the reason is so it can be fast. What, what, what you'd have to do in order for this to work with uh, voice games is be able to, you know, save the state into your user's, you know, session information and then be able to, um, you know, bring up the badges system with all that. Right now I've got that, like, so it, it just plugs right directly into Jovo, but to, to be able to make this more of a multi-purpose, then it would probably create a separate library for these things and then create a Jovo plugin that uses that and it would be able to, to uh, you know, serialize and deserialize the data and do the same thing with like Ask SDK2 or some other um, of those frameworks out mm -hmm. there. Um, so you mentioned PlayFab, and that was something that's actually, um, it's, it's pretty easy to use. And, uh, and there's a free tier with you know, quite a bit of leeway. So if you're getting into a voice game and you want to try something, um, you know, I would definitely give it a try. What I use it for is for um, keeping track of players and, and leaderboards. And so there are various ways that you can log in to PlayFab and there's like an API if you're coming from a client or if, if you're coming from the um, from an admin perspective or like a server side. Um, uh, so I take advantage of the client library to go ahead and when the session starts up, check to see if I've got a variable saved to session state, which is in essence the, the reference to the, the player ID that's created in PlayFab. And so then, so um, so hang on. So that's interesting. Yeah. So you're using the client library. So it's you're you're authenticating as the client for that for that call. So um, yeah. So there well there there are various ways that you can log in. One is like an external or like a custom login, mm -hmm. which is then like a server side login. So I'm not doing anything that would be like a login via the mobile or via web okay. where you actually show some sort of a form. Um, I think those things are available, but I, I'm using uh, the custom login route. Hmm. Um, okay. so, so then I can create a user with an external ID um, and then I can actually pass in data and store that. It's called uh, user title data. So your title is your game. And it's, and it's stored with something for each of the users. And so I actually have this JSON object that has like the Amazon uh, Alexa user ID or the Google ID uh, for the user and some information like, um, like what's their country code. So you can see what flag that show the, show the flag or what color, what's their avatar. So there's a number of things that I, I pass to that player object and so I've written, or I've actually took some code, some sample code for like a leaderboard stuff that uh, Amazon did for, for their APL. There's like a leaderboard sample. So I took some of that code where it generates the, the player. So when you go to start the snatch word, then you, you get a generated player that's like um, some sort of a, a adjective and like an animal or an occupation or something. And then some random number, four digit number. So I take that and then I create a player inside of PlayFab, which is interesting because 
now I get track. I, it, it tracks analytics as far as how many players there are, how many unique players there are. So by creating that player um, and having that be the source of truth for the, the player information, then I get different events. Plus I have the, the part of um, PlayFab is defined as what they call like a live ops system. So the idea is that you can develop a game and if you uh, want to add variability and stuff to the game, then live ops gives you this ability to add in code that happens at certain points in time. And, and, and that's where you could add in achievements or badges, but there's not necessarily um, that part baked in, or at least uh, Interesting. Not, that I, not that I could see. Um, but so player management, but one of the things that you get is that you get to um, ban a player. You can ban a player permanently or for X number of days. And so like, if you're doing something and you find out that the user is doing something that they shouldn't be doing, then you can just really quickly uh, flip that switch. And, they, and when they try to log in the next time, then it throws an error. And then you can handle that error on their voice side and say, you know, you've been banned if, you know, contact the mm -hmm. game developer if you've got any issues with that or. No, so that's good. So it gives you that management console to go along with it. And that, you yeah. know, and that makes sense. You know, I think that's certainly I think certainly the world of games understands that that's the sort of thing that you need. And rather than having to, once again, rather than having to reinvent the wheel, using yeah. these services that are there already makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. So also with uh, PlayFab is this ability, it, in some ways it's a content management system. So you can store data at the game level or at the user level. Um, it can be simple data or it can be JSON objects. So you could, in essence, build your your game out all in this this engine um, or this you know gaming platform, and then uh, PlayFab lets you get get to it. And so it could be running code server side, it could be setting data, getting data. Um, there's just a number of things that you can do. And and we should emphasize that that PlayFab is designed for games in general. It's not designed for voice games. It's designed for yeah. games. So you know these are these are concepts that are normal for real-time MMORPGs and, and so forth and, you know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so like setting up a leaderboard was super simple. So you can you can define an attribute uh, and like what I, I define an attribute for, for the score because that's what my leaderboard is going to be based off is score. So I create a, a leaderboard for score and I say that I want it to be a, like a weekly leaderboard and I just have to set it up. And so then, um, at different points in time in my voice code, I just make an API call saying, here's the score. Here's, a, I'm gonna update what the score is in PlayFab. And then later on, I can just do an API call saying, give me, give me the leaderboard. And I can, it will, and I can set it up so that it will give me, you know, like the top five plus me and the person right before me or something like that. Um, and so I don't have to worry about setting up anything else. I can just say, give me the leaderboard for score and it will give me the weekly leaderboard. Does it also keep archives of the week of the leader leaderboard? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so actually, what I do is um, so it rolls over um, you know approximately five p.m. on Sunday for me, which is you know zero GMT um, Sunday to Monday, uh, and it, uh, it automatically rolls over. And so then the next time somebody and that this is also I wanted to set it up that you're only on the weekly leaderboard if you do something during that week. Mm -hmm. So it comes out and that there's nobody on the leaderboard. And then the first time somebody plays, then their score gets set and then they're on the leaderboard. 
and I can go back and get a JSON object. I'm sure I could do it programmatically too. I could get a make a call and say, give me last, give me the last version of the leaderboard, and then do the stuff that you know that I'm kind of somewhat manually doing right now to generate the leaderboard for the posting on the Snatchword Twitter feed. Okay, so what else does uh, does PlayFab give you that you're taking advantage of, or even that you know you have your eye on that you want to take advantage of sometime? <laughs> Uh, those are really the the you know main pre, uh, pieces: the user management with its analytics, the the weekly leaderboard, and the you know ability to ban players are you know what I've used. I haven't really looked at more. I, I haven't thought of. I guess <laughs> what's the next thing? Because what I typically do is like, okay, I want to do this. Is this something that PlayFab gives me in this case? Because that's <laughs> the one I selected. And if it does, then you know, or I want to work within that. Um, that realm um, that I do. Otherwise, then I, you know, create something myself, or I try to find some, you know, some library that already has um, that built in. So, um, I, I, when I was looking at PlayFab, uh, there were there were a couple of things that jumped out at me as interesting for, you know, future thoughts that that I want to yeah. look at. You know, it's things like um, it has game lobbies, which was I I worked on game lobbies. Right decades ago at this point so it's nice to see a nice standard implementation of that sort of thing that you can just plug in and use mostly um it's got you know expected things like a b testing so you know you mm -hmm. can create your digital objects and release some of them to one play you know one one group and some to another and it will pick you know who gets it who gets which test version um it also interestingly supports in-game currencies. And I have a feeling you and I are gonna be talking about <laughs> transactions and in-game currencies in the near future again. Yeah, I think so. Um, so those are, those are some of the other things that jumped out at me as interesting things that it supported directly. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not sure like what you could use, or, or I guess if you could use um, the currency, the in-game currency stuff, I guess you might be able to create your own like coins or something that you have. Um, but there are also some statistics like, uh, you know, are these, you know, not only is what, what's your monthly um, active users, but also like which ones are, are more valuable, like who spent more money in your, in your game and stuff. And which, you know, that's important to, to know, to, to cater and, and, and market and, and stuff it, it to is. your, it is. I, I understand there is a term for these people in the big gaming industries. They refer to them as whales. Yeah. No, that's, that makes sense. I've, I've yeah. heard that in other in situations. I've heard them called whales in other industries too, and I, but I'm, I don't, I'm not big enough to yeah. catch a whale yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think the other really interesting thing is that it does have the analytics built into it so that you can see how players are playing from your console without having to add in a lot of that analytics yourself, which we've discussed before in the past. Right. So it was interesting in, you know, I haven't done a lot with Google Play games, but there are some interesting comparisons, obviously. I think the, the one thing I noticed about Google Play games is that it has that achievement and badge system kind of cooked into it. Right. Um, but it also makes the assumption that you're, connecting to it using Google's account system. And if you're not, you're out of luck. Yeah. And even if you are, so if you're on the assistant, it seems like that's an attractive 
thing to do, but you also need to get authorization to you to have access to it. And that adds another step to logging in yeah. on the Google side, which can be a pain. Um, there was another thing that it had that I thought was no, oh, the other thing that Google Play Games has was also leaderboards. And again, it's the yeah. same sort of, how do you want to hook up your leaderboard and give you the power to do it, so. Yeah, and, and you know, we've talked about, um, you know, does it make sense to, to tie yourself more to one platform? Since I've been trying to do cross-platform, um, I've been able to, to use that PlayFab in one app that's been able to you know, be used for Alexa, Google, and Bixby. And the, the fact that I'm doing an external login and just have those few connection points, then um, I really haven't run into any issue. The only thing that's different are you know, what the ID is. And, and I make sure that I prefix all the user IDs with either Amazon, Bixby, or Google. And so um, before I had this, this concept of a you know, player ID and I could you know, try to find the user in my DynamoDB and then say, oh, this is this PlayFab ID and then search that PlayFab ID. But um, when you create a player, you can also use the player name so you can look up by player name. But I've now um, added, like I was saying before, that I pass some information to store that on the on the PlayFab side of things. So I could find a user and easily find what record or ID in DynamoDB to go back into a query to say, okay, here's all the words that that player has and and things like that. And I guess conceivably you could store that in PlayFab as well. Um, or they even have a concept that would be similar to EventBridge where, or like a PubSub where you can send information and then where you have code run on the server and execute that at some point in time. So there's, there's a lot more that PlayFab can do that I'm taking advantage of. And you can even like run, um, you know, servers that are like running code say, on other systems and- You know, PlayFab, up, PlayFab yeah. is part of Azure. So that certainly lets you tap into all of the Azure serverless and servered environments, yep. you know, possibilities that are there if that's what you need. You know, if you're- yeah, now, now, interestingly enough, when I first found, because when I very first started voice stuff, I did think of this idea of snatch word and I was trying to think about what things could I use and I, and I came across PlayFab. That was before Microsoft bought them. My understanding at the time is that they were running on AWS. So I'm not exactly sure what or how you know, that is today. But yeah, I would think that uh, that they probably have converted over to Azure at this by this time. But maybe at, not. At some point, they usually at some point they probably moved over, but you know, no guarantees. Yeah. So one of the other things I wanted to know was what are you? What other tools are you using? So for example, I remember that it's it's posting when someone uh, comes up with a word, it posts that on the Twitter feed. Right. So what are you using to do that that bridge? Oh, I think it's um, called AnyShare. Um, it's an API that you can you can buy, and what basically you make one call and say send this message to my social media, and then in the um, web console for this, then you can connect. This is my Twitter account. This is my Facebook account. This is my you know, and you can connect, and then as part of the API call, you can pass in. Like, you know, I want this sent to Twitter. Or I want this sent to Twitter and Facebook. I want, so um, it just makes it really easy that you can, you know, do one. 
it was, it was like one of those afternoon things that I wanted to add it in and, and I started looking at about, okay, what API calls would I need to make to, to do that? And I was thinking at that time, I was thinking about doing both Twitter and Facebook. Right now I just ended up doing Twitter, but um, so it, it just made it really easy to, to plug it in and do it. Um, yeah, there is a cost to that um, if, you, if you go over a certain number of uh, calls a month. So that's something to be to watch out for. So that that is something I am paying for, but not playing for PlayFab yet. Um, and <laughs> uh, I also have you know Dashbot and I have Sentry uh, plugged in. So like when exception handling, you know, exceptions happen, and so there's just a number of other API calls I could actually. Uh, look to well, see most, if there's anything else, but those are the main ones. The, and most of those are the sort of stuff that we, you know, do for for any mm -hmm. any skill or action or capsule that we're we're yeah. working on. You know, it's more. I, I'm 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 trying to think. What are the other the other tools that we have for building game ones? Game development is hot right now. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, that is that is one of the questions. You know, uh, Snatchword has a lot of uh, both audio assets and video assets to it. Where did yeah. you where did you come up with those, or how'd you create those? <laughs> so um, all the assets are stored in an S three bucket, um, so that's that's where things get served up from. Um, you know, I don't I don't remember exactly where. Just various um, like free free sounds, or I don't remember. There's there are a number of different sites I would just kind of go through and cull through from time to time and you know, trying to come up with different sound effects. And some of them, I took a couple of ones and shortened them up, you know, used Audacity to go ahead and, and mix a couple of sounds together. Um, uh, or, or I guess more technically append one sound to the end of the other sound, right? Um, not, not, nothing really advanced, something that you, you, know, you could do. Um, you know, just used Audacity to record my help file so when you ask for help then it's me you know give me a little little help there that was also audacity as far as the assets so i did apl and just took a you know a basic template there's not really all that many templates in of apl in there and i think that was about the time that uh, apl ninja was in beta so uh, i i played around with that and and actually, I uh, if you look on APL Ninja. There's a little bouncing box that I did that I was trying to figure out. Uh, and uh, there's some tools that you can use to take like CSS, uh, CSS animation, and convert it into an APL animation. So I, I kind of found that, and some people you know pointed me towards different things with that. And I was still having some issue. Um, I couldn't quite figure how to repeat without making it jaggedy and stuff. And so. That was nice because I could send a link from my APL Ninja to Alexander and, and he could help me out and give me some tips. So I got the bouncing box working and then I, I bought some uh, graphic, oh, I can't remember. I have to look a look at, um, I just found the, the, the robot icon uh, SVGs and I, so I bought that and, uh, and okay. placed that in there. I noticed by the way that you posted the, on APL Ninja, the, uh, the high score table. Yeah, so that's one of the one of the things that now anybody can can learn from. Yeah, and, that, and that's and that's that's a, uh, actually kind of a, I think a lot of that came from the sample that uh, 
that Amazon did for, there's a leaderboard example that plugs into, um, they have their own, I, I guess, game. Um, is it game on? I think, I think they've got their own um, system. But that's, that's kind of like PlayFab. And I actually tried to use that and there were some issues I was having with, with that. And it, it was kind of weird to do like weekly boards, I think. And so it was kind of seemed, it got to a point where it seemed like it was more, more work to do that. And so then I said, well, I wonder what PlayFab looks like for that. And they were so much easier. I'm just like, okay, I'm just doing PlayFab. That's so, but yeah, you, there, there's lots of that. If you think about it, that Amazon could do to make some customizations on libraries and things that would make it so easy um, to do that. And they're, and they're not, and I'm certain this sounds like the same thing for Google. Right, it, it, it confuses me. I mean, Google has, Google has a well-established library instead of APIs with the Google Play API. And those were originally to cater to um, the Android market, but they're, they're broader than that. Um, and Google certainly makes a big play frequently for game developers to be using their tools. I mean, just a, a few days ago, they released a new survey of, you know, what are the top, you just, just bunches of stats, like, you know, people are playing these sorts of games up 200% this year. And family games are one of the top 10 types of games yeah. that are being played. Um, and that was announced a couple of days ago. And there was, there was nothing terribly surprising in it, but they use that as a pitch for, and here's how we can help you do these sorts of things. Um, All right, you, this, this would be the time that you would typically do a rant, but I'm gonna do my own rant. So I've been recently- Feel free. <laughs> recently, I, I, don't, I don't like dominating these rants, so. I've been, I've been uh, doing uh, in-game purchasing with Google and so you have to put some information in your action console, and then you have to go and set up some things in your Google Play console, and then you have to get some verification and wait, and then go back and do something else over here. And, and, and the screens are so complicated, and you have to go to this section and this section and drill down and then add that site to here. And then I, I'm still not connected with everything that I need to do so that I can even get the <laughs> get the two products that I created uh, in my um, APK that I had to create to upload to that, that not even a release, but I have to pseudo release that it's just, and I'm like, this is just the developer side of things. And then I'm, I'm not even sure how, how the uh, user experience goes and like when if they can do the whole thing and, and, you know, the whole flow inside the game or if they get kicked out and have to, how much they have to do on the phone and what happens if it's a Google hub um, using interactive canvas. I don't know, but this is just like too painful. Yep. It's a lot of good questions and it's really painful. And, you know, at, at some point, We'll have to talk about transactions and in skill purchases and so forth. Um, I'm not sure quite how much ranting we'll have during that, but that's. <laughs> uh, but man, not that that, yeah. that it's easy peasy flow for for Amazon either. There's enough complexity in there that it kind of slows you down a little bit. Um, but man, that's there's room for improvement. 
on the Google slide. That's a really generous way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, definitely. I think there is, you know, and that's the sort of thing that Google's been promising now for several months is, uh, and they've publicly promising for several months. And we'll see where, where that goes, you know. All right, well. So speaking of where things go. fast enough. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of where things go, you working on another game? No, I'm not <laughs> right now. Um, so like on my list of things to do, there are some improvements that I want to make to SnatchWord, um, some additional intents that I want to cover. I'm still kind of uh, stymied in my release for Bixby. Um, I, Roger Kibbe has been so nice to offer to, to help, but I just have been so slammed that I haven't been able to to do much on that side of things, but it would be nice to really, you know, fulfill the dream of having one, you know, game, multiple platforms playing against everybody else in real time. Um, just would really love to add Bixby to that. Uh, plus, I want to add some things so that you can, you know, get your game information via a routine um, so that you could just plug it in and say, you know, Good morning, or you know, whatever your routine is, and it could say, and then snatch words, you are your points are blah blah blah, and you are ranked such and such. Um, that would be nice just to be able to, to plug that in um, and, and have a routine for that. Um, something else I'm thinking about for snatch word is the ability you can you can say, you know, find a word and it will tell you if somebody else owns it. What I would love to be able to do would then and and also you can say, you know, what are my um, expired words. Uh, and you can, it will tell you which words are about to expire or, or have expired. Um, but it would be nice to be able to say like find Apple and then it's like Apple is owned by um, Bobo Samurai, but, you know, and you can say, what is their expiring words? So then you can find other people and find what their expiring words are. And you can start to then say, ah, they haven't been, you know, here's a word that's expired that the librarian hasn't collected that I can go ahead and snatch. So now not only am I getting points, I'm taking points away from somebody else. And now there can be a little bit more fluctuation. Make this really more of the battle that you're. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's something that I'm thinking about um, for that. And then just thinking about the whole rewrite of uh, Picture Guesser. Um, that would be fun. I can yeah. see that being a really fun, um, really fun game. Yeah, to use so, on a on a full smart display with you know, edge to edge, uh, images and lots of effects yeah. that you can do with with web API for games and, and interactive canvas. Yeah, and so some of that the plane that I did a couple of weeks ago, um, where I had a Jovo app that was it was calling into web API for games. Um, now that's kind of a, like the early playground for okay, now let's see if I can add an interactive canvas and. And uh, and you know, then then I can start thinking about using that as a base for for a revamp of Picture Guesser. Well, it sounds fun. I'm sure everyone's looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to to finding out how you how you you know as always use some of the technologies that we're talking about with yep. uh, with building them. And I'm so, excited about getting you know getting these things out um, as open source. I don't know. I, I sometimes I. I debate about it and I, there's there's a part of me that's like, well, I put all this hard work and this is valuable to people and I could sell that on Gumroad. And um, 
don't know, there's a part of me that wants to do that, but there's a part of me more that just wants to get this out and people using it and push the industry. So probably we'll do, um, do it as open source, uh, some of these main you know, classes and then do uh, at least a, initially a plugin for, for Jovo, probably you know, Jovo 4, and then take a look at about how uh, I could write some samples that would uh, plug into API for game. I mean, to um, ask us to K, sorry. Um, and then um, and then kind of see where it goes. Cause uh, that, that's, I don't know. I like seeing people use stuff and, you know, if, if, if we could have, you know, a, a plugin for, for Jovo for PlayFab, which I already do and internally, I just have a lot of cleaning up to do on it. But then somebody could, you know, uh, install the, the plugin, create an, an account on PlayFab, set up a leaderboard, set a couple of config values, and then they would have a system that's mm -hmm. very similar to SnatchWord on getting yeah. their system up and going. Yeah. I, I think one of the big things is that, you know, the the big players on the list that, you know, you're, you're up for an award against, um, you know, they've all got their internal systems that are doing it and they're internally supporting each other. And, you know, I think smaller developers, we're, you know, we're still trying to develop all of those things. Yeah. And I think tools like PlayFab get us a little closer. That's, you know, one chunk of thing that we don't need to develop. And I think, you know, the, the open source world from you and hopefully contribute with contributions from others will help independent developers take the next step to make good yep. games and take care of all of the other stuff that you need to do when you're thinking about a game. Yeah, there's there's a lot, but this has been fun to, to incrementally solve some different problems. Like the, the badges thing was kind of mm -hmm. uh, something that's fun and I, I, I wanted to, you know, make it extensible. I kind of was thinking about uh, like unit testing frameworks like Mocha, where you can have different conditionals and things. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of the kind of what I want. I didn't end up doing the full uh, do domain, you know, specific language mm -hmm. for it, but uh, that's kind of the, the flavor I wanted to get. And I, I'm happy with the, the kind of the compromised solution that I've got. And um, but you know, would love to get it out there and other people playing around with it and seeing how it could evolve. So, you know, if, if you're someone who is working on a game, want to work on a game, feel like you have this idea for a game and don't know where to begin, you know, there are tools out there. Uh, reach out to us. We can probably point you at some of them or, you know, help get you started. And we'd love to hear what questions you have and see what you produce. Yeah, I would love to. And if, and if you're interested in, you know, joining on to an open source project that's that, that are going to be, you know, game libraries and tools, um, Think they can be general uh, purpose, but there could be some various you know, voice-specific stuff. Then let me know. Um, you know. Maybe I could pass off some of the things that I've already got that aren't quite ready for for uh, the open source yet. And and if you you know want to work on it together, then um, I'd love to work on it with with other people as well. And as always, if you've got questions, reach out to us, and yep. you know maybe we'll talk about them another time on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. Have a good week, Mark. Yeah, you too, Alan. Thank you.